Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband. Further terms apply. Here's what you just missed on the Indo Daily. Speaking to the Taoiseach's team, the strategy is to lay the groundwork so it's not Joe Biden standing on stage and suddenly oh, he starts talking about Gaza. Four agencies pulled the photo and that was unprecedented. This was probably not the picture she should have practiced her editing skills on. Daniela Flatter had been living in West Berlin. Her location was found by a local podcast. There were hundreds of police deployed to arrest this old woman who, by all accounts, was quite neighbourly, quite friendly. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This is an Irish Independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Throw in Independent.ie's GA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and I'm delighted to be joined for our All-Ireland Curling final review by Eddie Brennan, John Milan and Vincent Hogan. Limerick are All-Ireland champions for the third year in a row after beating Kilkenny in a very exciting final at Croke Park yesterday. Eddie, I'll go to you, you first. I'm sure you're very disappointed from a Kilkenny perspective. Ultimately, where do you think the game was won and lost yesterday? I think Limerick played the match on their terms for the most. Kilkenny came with a, with a brilliant performance in terms of, you know, they went at them and, and they never gave up and they got to within two points. But ultimately, um, Limerick just played smarter. And as I said, you know, I use the description, they strong-armed Kilkenny into playing the match on their terms. Uh, all too often, you know, the one trait that is really good with this Limerick team is their ability to cancel out a score you've got. And they've done that with ease yesterday, I felt. Uh, they just, you know, they are a really, really slick, well-oiled machine in terms of their movement off puck outs. And Quaid is there, you know, and for me, I've, I've said it, that I, I, I feel his, his name should be in the consideration now for, for Hunter of the Year because he is pivotal, if not critical, to that Limerick team. He's able to put the ball, you know, into those zones. They, they bunch and break so well. But it's the culmination of five years of hard work, six years of hard work. Uh, as I said, maybe before I mentioned, i seen the Mark 1 prototype of this in 2017 in Nolan Park when they, they lost to Kenny that day. And you could see what they were trying to do. Uh, Paul Kinnerk was on the pitch a good bit. And you look at that now, Kinnerk just stands there observing things. But there was a couple of moments, uh, Will, that I felt before halftime, TJ Reid had a chance to put us two points within Limerick. Uh, uh, and the match had been largely played on Limerick's terms in the first half. You know, Gillan had an uncharacter. Was it Shims Flanagan had a miss? And, you know, Kilkenny had a chance to bring it to two. And then Limerick went back up and, and they got it out again. And just after half time, you know, we put on a big drive. Limerick brought the ball out and they got the first two or three scores in the second half. So there was little moments like that. You know, when Gillan missed, you know, I think Gillan missed a very easy point in the first, in the second half, you felt, look, there's an opportunity here for Kilkenny. That's uncharacteristic of Gillan. But ultimately, Garrod Hegarty, you know, delivered the big, big performance on the big, big day. And he was ably assisted by that half forward line. And look, try as Kilkenny might, I think, look, we saw again, the graveyard is the long puck outs and it just, uh, we just couldn't get any change. We got a few breaks and Walter made something happen. But uh, you just have to 
take your hat off to this Limerick team. They are a superb team. Yeah, it's, you know, from a Limerick perspective, the last two finals they won were one kind of pulling up. They were, you know, overwhelmed water for the overwhelmed cork. There was a kind of an acceptance from John Coyle that this meant more, that they had to dig it out, that they were really pushed to the absolute limit and still found the answers. Do you agree with that? I agree with it 100%. I think they've won perhaps the best Munster final I've ever seen. And now they've won one of the best All-Ireland finals I've seen. They won a terrific semi-final. They've been pushed to the pin of their collar, Will. Um, they've had three huge games in which, you know, five years on the road, we were going to find out if there was any diminishing of the appetite. And quite the contrary, they dug deep, they have leaders all over the field. And they remind me a bit of the Dublin football team, that they just don't panic. They, you know, Kilkenny gave them every reason to panic yesterday with the two second half goals. And you're really, it's gut check time for that Limerick team without their talisman, Kean Lynch sitting in the stand. And they just find a way. And I think Gerard Hegarty for the third All-Ireland final in a row to top score from play. What a big game player. You know, he had Paddy Deegan on him yesterday. Paddy's no shrinking violet. He's one of Kilkenny's most physical defenders. And he's not a small man. And he was just brushed aside like a, a training cone. I think what we see from Hegarty, six foot five, I don't think I've ever seen a man his size with so much skill. You know, the ability to almost flick a point over the bar from 80 yards with the wrists he has. Uh, but that half forward line, everything about that Limerick team is defined by a half forward line that can put such a press on you. And I have to, I give huge credit to Kilkenny yesterday because I didn't see, I didn't see Kilkenny as credible contenders right up to the semi-final. And then I didn't really trust what we saw in the semi-final because Clare didn't turn up. But by God, Kilkenny turned up yesterday. And what we saw was a team learning the modern game. If you go back to when they played Galway and Salt Hill earlier this year, I, I was watching them trying to play out through the lines and they were all over the shop. There were an accident waiting to happen. And we all tried to second guess why Brian Cody was in such bad form at the end of that game. Most of us assuming it was because of the free that gave Galway the win. I think he was bullying because he, dis he doesn't like this style of hurling. And, and you know, two weeks later, they went back and they went direct against Wexford and lost, lost to Wexford in Nolan Park for, in a championship match for the first time ever. So I thought they were all over the place as, as recently as May. But what we got from Kilkenny yesterday was a serious, serious performance. Yeah, I thought it was telling them Brian Cody's comments after the game as well. He, he really paid a kind of a wholesome tribute to his team. Usually you associate kind of win or nothing with with Brian Cody, but he seemed to be still very, very proud and pleased with the performance. John, what jumped out to you then from, you know, from either team? It was obviously such an exciting, pulsating game. What, what's your kind of key takeaway? From a Kilkenny point of view, touch on, on, on what Vincent said there. I mean, it was chalk and cheese what we've seen yesterday uh, in contrast to the day against Wexford the day up in, up in, up in Salt Hill, um, and be under no illusions, Will, and Eddie will, will touch on this, Brian Cody, James McGarry, they were under a bit of pressure coming into this final yesterday, you know, off the back of two heavy margin defeats in, in, in the, in, in, in the All-Ireland in, in 2016, 2019, and look, we've seen it, there's enough crackpots out there that give their opinion, that probably had to roll back in their opinions the last, the last week or two, uh, on Brian Cody, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Will. If 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 Kilkenny lost that match yesterday by eight to ten point margin, the knife would have been out. And James McGarry, Brian Cody, you know, they're well aware that you know the knife the knife would have been sharp this morning. So 
you know, massive, massive, massive kudos to to Brian Cody and, and his management team, you know, to to get a, a kick out of his team in the manner in which they manner in which they did yesterday. I thought I thought they added to the spectacle. They scored two twenty six in, in in an all Ireland final and to come up short by, by two points. I, I told you go down to the wire, I thought by the by the narrowest of margins that, that Limerick would win. And it took Limerick's best performance of the year to 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 overcome Kilkenny. They had to register one thirty one and it's a testament a testament to this Limerick team. You know, John Kiley touched on the aftermath of the match. You know, the last six months have been very, very challenging. Every time they've gone out this year, whether it be the league, you know, I look at the league league campaign, Galway through the kitchen sink and I'm up in up in the Gaelic grounds. Wexford down in down in Wexford Park. Uh, Cork came up through the kitchen sink at him, beat him, beat him by comprehensive by ten points, and then they had to go to Ennis, and that day there was ten thousand up, up in Ennis at, at a league game, and they drew, they drew it clear. We push on then to the Munster Championship, you know, uh, outside of the Cork game, you know, they were comprehensive winners, but you know, Waterford through the kitchen sink at him, Tipperary gave their best performance of the year against them. Uh, Clare again up in Ennis through the kitchen sink at him and then again in the Munster final Clare after 80 about 90 odd minutes of hurling you know couldn't overcome this uh, this Limerick team they came with all the answers and then to top it off then they go into the All-Ireland series you're thinking right is there going to be a bit of a a drawback Uh, you know are their standards going to drop possibly did in in, in the All-Ireland semi-final that's understandable but yesterday they were they were just magnificent. And you know, an awful lot of talk out there the last couple of weeks is, you know, the Munster Championship in contrast to the Leinster Championship. I'll put it this way to you, Will, right? Now, you look at Clare, you know, after playing Limerick twice, they're probably not left in the tank. Waterford, similar similar, not left in the tank. Tipperary, similar. You know, the the, the teams they played in the aftermath, they struggled against. You know, so you look at Kilkenny, they got their time in right. They were able to come in come into the come into the uh, Leinster Championship, the All Ireland series, relatively some way some way fresh and they were able to, you know, have a right cut off of uh, Kilkenny yesterday. And you know, if, if if Kilkenny were to go out next week and they were to play possibly a Cork or a Waterford or Tipperary, how would they pick themselves up? You know, so that's that's the comparisons I'm drawing between the Munster Championship and the, and the Leinster Championship. And if they go and play Kilkenny twice in the space of three, four weeks, and possibly then play a, probably a Cork in, in, in a semi-final. So it's 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 understandable to think that you know why the likes of Waterford, the Clares, why they struggled in the aftermath of of what they what they thrown against thrown against uh, Limerick, and you know we've just seen it just Kilkenny threw the kitchen sink at him, and they 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 still came up short. Yeah, Eddie, there's a lot of comparisons being made now with the team you played on that won four in a row and this Limerick team. You know, maybe it's hard to kind of judge it when you're kind of involved with one of the teams yourself. But what do you make of those comparisons? Is this Limerick team kind of gaining ground on that team that was probably held up as the greatest ever? I think there's often generational teams and, and they're they're littered through the history. You know, you had the, the Tipperary team, I think, of the maybe the 40s and 50s and into that. You have the Cork teams. You know, there's often teams come along, and I suppose, look, that's that's the beauty of hurling. We we will we will do that, but guys, you know, much and all as I'd love the challenge of facing them, you know, compared to where we were, 15, you know, 15 years ago, we we played Limerick, and you know, the, it has moved on so much. So it's hard. I I understand the comparisons, 
And I think, you know, if you, if you, if you even say, well, in 2027, the Ryder Cup is coming to Adair, you know, what will we be talking about this Limerick team then? Because there's every chance they will pick up another Lee McCarthy or two between now and then, if not three. So they are a special, special team. Uh, I think you have to just admire, you know, we talk about Keane Lynch, their talisman yesterday, and yes, he's probably the, the magic man there around the middle because he can make things happen, his periphery vision, his genius. But by God, have they leaders all over the pitch. And I think, you know, you, you saw a guy yesterday that lifted McCarthy Cup for the fourth time. He's a special player as well. I think he is probably the glue at the back there. He just does the simple things so well. And that's Declan Hannon. I think he's just a hugely admirable guy, how he carries himself. And, you know, they've just done a superb job. And I think we, we might hold on those comparisons for now because these boys aren't finished. And I think we could be talking about them for a few years to come yet. Um, they, you know, even listen to some of the interviews yesterday, they, they were really good, but they were very, very, you know, measured. They're, they're, they're a hungry bunch. And when you have, I suppose, the competition for places that they have, that generates more. And, and again, at the start of this season, my question was, you know, and it wasn't doubt in Limerick, but the question was, how hungry were they? Um, and you just say, oh, yes, they, they were. And, you know, I, I, I think of the Muhammad Ali line where he says that champions, great champions have the skill and the will, but the will has to be greater. And, and I think Limerick's willpower this season, and John went through the, the games they've won. There's no doubt in the skill. There's no doubt in Kilkenny's skill. And Kilkenny brought a great battle yesterday, as did Galway and other teams, Clare. But it's Limerick's sheer will and composure to stay at it. And you just have to admire that. They are, they're just a superb bunch of players. And... I think the, the, the challenge for everyone is they are not going anywhere. And um, so there's a lot of work to be done in a lot of counties if they're going to go get them. Because as John said there, there's probably near a kitchen sink left in the country to throw at them boys. Yeah, and Vincent made the comparison with the Dublin footballers. Another comparison with that team is the age profile when they started winning, like Limerick's now, is, is very, very good. There's only going to be two or three outfield players, I think, who will be 30 when the campaign kicks off in 2023. So the challenge is that these guys are still probably not even in their prime, or some of them are just entering into it. Vincent, you mentioned Grode Hegarty and his influence, you know, one five from play to go with the two two last year and the and the seven points from play the year before that. Is there anything that Kenny could have done, do you think, to negate that influence a bit more? Because he scored the goal in the first few minutes, and then even in injury time, he was getting a key tackle in to, to put the ball out over the end line that basically iced the game. He was still going strong, you know. An hour and a half later in real time. Could, could Kenny have done anything else, do you think, to, to kind of take him out of the game or, or try to limit his influence a bit? I'm not sure. Maybe you can try to increase the numbers around him. But, you know, there, there were times yesterday that, you know, even with a physical marker like Paddy Deegan, he was he was almost casual in possession. He was that comfortable. It was almost like he was willing to nearly come back yeah. and be challenged a second time before he did what he wanted to do with the ball. He was that much in the comfort zone. And like from the moment he put that finish past Owen Murphy in the fourth minute, and what a finish, like it's just an unbelievable finish. He just, it was his, it was his stage. And you know, when you have a, a player of his physical credentials, but his skill levels too, but also that big game mentality who just wants to be on that stage. You just have to say, look, these are generational players. I, I would fault Kilkenny on very little yesterday. What happened to them was 
the pressure came on the short puck out. We knew it was going to come on the short puck out because that squeeze comes from Limerick and you end up going high. And look, TJ Reid, I, I think we should say TJ Reid's performance yeah. in the first half yesterday was astonishing. And you could see the determination he had to get his brother up the steps of the stand. And he was superhuman what he was doing in the first half. He didn't score from play, but his hand was on nearly every single Kilkenny score. And I thought, you know, to see Hegarty on one side, Reed on the other, what a privilege it was to see these two superstar players going at it. And even I on think, that, sorry, Vincent, I just jump in. I thought TJ Reed held Kilkenny on by their fingertips because I, I got a little feeling just in the 20 minutes before halftime that there was possibly another goal brewing and that Limerick were threatening to just unleash. And only for TJ Reid, you know, done what he done, I think we were in danger of just slipping away a little bit. And, and fair play to him, he was incredible. Sorry. Eddie, Eddie, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is he, is he the greatest Kilkenny horror you've ever seen? Is he the greatest player I've ever seen? Like? Yeah, I think, look, he's, he's definitely in there in the all-time greats, if not. And, and look, I suppose that's a conversation. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you the question, would you have me ahead of Henry? I, I think you probably would say slightly now, but I think, I think he has probably, he's definitely in the conversation now between the two of them. But I suppose it's just, I'm, it's very hard to, to, to call that, John. I suppose you're getting me a bit cold, but I, 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 I think he, he, he might be nosing it a bit now because he's, he's, you know, he's single-handedly and his performance just in the first half Reminded me a bit of Henry in, in the second half in 12. He just grabbed the name the game by the scruff of the neck and brought the fight to Limerick. And John, like the key thing about TJ Reid as well, he's doing it at the age of 34 as well. He seems to be getting, you know, better with age. You know, you don't often see, you know, star inter county hurlers kind of in their mid 30s. Does that give you kind of another kind of a bit of impressiveness? Well, uh, I left the ground Jesse at six o'clock, right? And I walked back to the car 10 minutes. And my 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 uh, my T-shirt was stopped, right? So he's he's going on thirty-five years of age. To play in that heat, to give the performance he gave yesterday, and to keep going to the bitter end. I mean, he he was probably responsible. He scored nine place balls. He was probably responsible for say one fifteen, one sixteen of of the the, the two twenty-six. Uh, you know, and he reminds me a bit like Ronaldo, Ronaldo in the soccer that. He could keep on going for the next three to four years and look at players like like Tony Brown, hurry to be forty. There's absolutely no reason why TJ Reid cannot go and push on for the next two, two to three years. He'll be looking at the appearance, the all-time appearance uh, appearances. He'll be looking at the all-time record uh, score, uh, and there's no reason why 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 he can't he can't achieve that in the next 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 two or three years. Um, and for me, look, everyone is saying. Is it going to be his last opportunity to win in All Ireland? I don't think so because I think I think Cody is building a new team. You look at the under twenties this year. I think you sprinkle a couple of them under twenties into the, the the panel, and if they can get TJ to stay on, I still think they're going to be in the mix in the next couple of years. But yeah, TJ Reid for me, I'm just you know I'm lost for words. I'm I'm lost for words. You know how good he is. I was just in awe of him yesterday. I never seen the amount of movement he done yesterday. He was he was playing the twelve. And he was straight away scarping across to get on the break behind Walter. And you could see the Limerick lads were just constantly checking where was he. They just, they just gravitated towards him because they knew if they could keep the ball out of his hands, 
something was, you know, it, it wouldn't happen then. But I just looked at him there with maybe two or three, four minutes to go. His legs went. You could just see him. He he just was not able to give any more. And I just, you know, I just, for, for a guy like him, as you said, at his age and the heat, he absolutely, I'd say he ran definitely two kilometres more than he ever did in his life on a pitch, I'd say. And unfortunately for him, there was one big moment in the game. There was only a point in it. I think there was three minutes left in the clock. He got a ball and he probably could have tapped the ball over the bar, would have leveled it. He was thinking goals. Like he was thinking, right, we're going to finish this game and we're going to win the match. That's, that, that's the mindset of, of the top players. They didn't. They got, you know, I think it was Dermot Burns came back in, won the ball. Uh, you know, they worked the ball up the field. And I think it was Carl O'Neill got the next score and it pushed it out to, to two points. I think that was a big, big moment with uh, three or four minutes left in the clock. Yeah, Vincent, do you think like this Kilkenny team, you know, in contrast to maybe the other final defeats, did they go into 2023 now with a lot of hope and a lot of, you know, a new team, a young team, that there isn't All-Ireland potentially in this team? I'm not sure because Limerick aren't going anywhere. And um, John made a very valid point in comparing the two pr- provinces. And I think a lot of the, the, the Munster teams were nearly burnt out by the end of the Munster campaign. Whereas Kilkenny got to the Leinster final this year by beating Leash, Westmeath and Dublin. And then, let's be honest, the Leinster final against Galway was not an exceptional game. So they were going to come into Croke Park for an Ireland semi-final fresher than the Munster teams, I think. And Clare didn't turn up. So I, I, I had great questions going in yesterday. Were they up to it? Listen, they, they got a huge performance. And that's the thing about Cody's teams. They do turn up. And, uh, you know, there was no way that Limerick were going to run through them the way they ran through Cork in last year's final, scoring 3-16 in the first half alone. But I'm not sure they'll be there for as contenders next year because I think Henry will have another year with Galway. I think Waterford, I don't know who they're going to get now that Liam Cahill is gone. Is there a kick in Cork, you know, under new management? You can't assume you're going to be there next year. Ah, they will, Vincent. Like, like let's, let's call a spade a spade. We're talking about the two provinces. Like, like, they're going to be in the last six. Let's let's call a spade a spade. You know, it's, you know, they're going to be in the last six semi final at best. So they, they are they are going to be they are going to be in the mix. And unfortunately for the for the likes of the, the Munster teams, like there's a one guarantee next year. Limerick are going to be in the All Ireland series. And then out of the other four Munster teams, you're talking you have a fifty percent chance of, of getting into the getting into the All Ireland series. And you've got to from from my own county's point of view, probably Tipperary, whoever goes in with Tipperary. You've got to win two out of them four games to get into the All-Ireland Series. So that's why I think Kilkenny, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be there. They're going to be in the last six, possibly the last four. And, you know, going into the last six, last four, they're going to be relatively fresh again and they can have a right track off within next year. Your your points, yeah, I, I think they, they will get through. But I think the takeaway, look, and, and this morning it's very hard to do that because you just have to take your hat off to a bunch of players that just went out and, and gave their heart and souls into that yesterday and did the county really, really proud. But if we're to be, you know, progressive-minded and, 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 say, ambitious enough to say, how do we close that gap? I think we really have to look at our pop-outs. We have to look at being able to, you know, you look at what Limerick do. And yes, look, Limerick do what they do. We can't be Limerick. Every team can't be Limerick. You have to have your, your own style and stick to your fundamentals. But equally, you have to have options that, you know, puck outs, one puck out has to be in the locker that guarantees you possession of the ball. You have to be able to move around or, 
you know, blended. And, and that takes nights of practice and persistence. And I think we just saw yesterday, look, Walter came on, he gave you six foot seven in the air, he, he plucked a couple of puck outs. But, you know, all too often I was looking at the movements, you know, we were kind of moving around, but we were actually just swapping positions, really. And Limerick were able to just maintain that six defenders and the two boys. So, look, it's, it's game smarts where we have to work on because Brian Cody's team will always empty the tank. They will always give you everything. They will not stand back from anything. But if we're going to say to ourselves over the winter that we want to improve and we want to learn from that All-Ireland and, and bring something forward from that, we have to look at how smart we're playing. And it's just a little thing. A little thing could have been significant, Jesse, because there was a, a couple of wides coming down the straight that were significant and it was the pressure game that Limerick do. And look, it's easier said than done. Hindsight is brilliant. It, uh, you know, the task of actually trying to plot the downfall of that Limerick team is, is going to be very, very tricky. And I'm not sure, you know, you're not saying that being critical. It's just that's the question you have to ask and any team probably asks that question. Yeah, Vincent, overall, like the 2022 championship, are you going to look back on it as, you know, a vintage year, as a vintage championship? I don't know if it was a vintage year, but I, I do look at the Munster final. It was as good a Munster final as I've seen. Yesterday was absolutely magnificent. I think we saw some cracking matches. Um, I think the thing is we, we're, we're living in an age, as we did with Kilkenny previously, of a truly exceptional team. And, and let's be honest, Limerick think they should have been going for five in a row yesterday. And, you know, they got caught in 2019. And as a Tipperary man, I'd say we were lucky to win that All-Ireland because Limerick had beaten us by a dozen points in the Munster final. And, you know, Kilkenny taking them out in the semi-final did, did tip a huge favour. I think if they, were, if they were a five in a row team now, you know, what, what would be the possibilities in terms of the statistics? So I think from the get-go, and this is what Eddie is talking about, you can, you can say this, that, or the other about your own team. But this is the standard you got to go up against now. And there's no evidence whatsoever that Limerick are going to diminish in terms of appetite or in terms of their ability. Next year, if the Kean Lynch comes back, do you put Kyle Hayes back in, in number seven? You know, where he's this phenomenal wing back. Do you put, you know, D Dan Morrissey back in fullback? They have so many options if everyone is available. Yeah, John, like Munster will have three of the five teams will have new managers. So there's a few teams in flux, like even your own county, Waterford, obviously big news over the last week or so with Liam Cahill stepping away. Like, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, first and foremost, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted both uh, Liam Cahill and Mikey Bevins are gone. Um, but look, am I surprised? I, I'm not really because, you know, from Liam Cahill's point of view, you know, he turned down the job last year. You know, the opportunity is probably going to rise again. Uh, you know, he's probably going to get asked again. And if he turned it down, the likelihood the next manager that goes in there is probably going to be given a three, four-year term. Now, probably the way they handled it, uh, you know, with Colin Bonner, you know, could be handled a bit better. But from Lean Cal's point of view, I suppose he's saying to himself, you know, he's got to be thinking to himself. He's going to say, well, look, if, if I turn it down this time and the next manager goes in for the next three or four years, he might never get it. Um, unfortunately from Waterford it's going to be a massive well, he's going to be a massive loss himself in Mikey Bevins over the last three years take away this year's round robin right whatever happened between the Limerick and the Cork game you know you're hearing all the stories they got the, got the training load wrong but outside of that he has been himself and Mikey Bevins and their, and their management team they, they've been unbelievable for, for Waterford Hurling you know got him to an All-Ireland final got him to an All-Ireland semi-final 
won our won our, our four national league title. And over the course of those three years, had the team playing some scintillating hurling, unbelievable hurling. Um, which uh, look, it's, it's back to the drawing board now. Personally, myself, I would like to see Tony Brown stay stay on in some some capacity. I think you know he's a bit unfortunate. He's only been in there in, in one year. And I think for myself, really, I think they're going to have to go outside. You're hearing all the names being brandishing around. You're hearing um, Eddie's name being brandishing, uh, Davy Fitz. Um, you know, they're all going to come into the mix. Um, but for me, I think they're going to have to go outside. And uh, whoever does take over, look, for me, I think this team still have two years, two years left in the cycle to go and challenge for honours and possibly maybe take, take on Limerick. But still, the bones of a good team there. And I think it'll be, it'll be an attractable job for whoever goes looking for the job. Um, but look, I think the county board will take their time. They won't rush into it. They'll know that, that it's going to be you know, a big appointment. They're going to have to get the appointment right. But uh, I think you'll have, you'll have many contenders to hand up to take on the job. Eddie, would you be interested in managing Waterford? Because <laughs> I didn't think we were into recruitment now. I thought it was just an old podcast to talk about matches. Um, yeah, look, I think I'd echo what John is saying. I think you'd have to say um, there's a serious squad there. But, you know, ultimately, I think it, it's, it's, it's you know, someone like, I think, Conor Prunty, I think, was a brilliant choice as captain as well. But, you know, it, it, it's probably coming from the players now more than anything else, I think, for that Waterford group. They really, really have to get their heads down and steal their heads and, you know, ask hard questions of each other. Like, if, 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 like as John said, they are an attractive prospect. But the, the collapse was just so dramatic this year. And, and again, we won't know. We don't know what happens. But I think as a player, if, if I'm a player in that group, I can only look at myself and say, you know, did I let the side down or whatever? I just, I just was fierce disappointed with how they performed against Clare and Ennis. I thought that was an awful display. It was just lacking everything that they were good at up to this point. But they certainly have a squad there. But I do think with any of these teams, yeah, I think having somebody there, like Liam Cal is a real standard bearer. He's a, he's a straight talker that I really admire as a manager. And I just thought he had them poised and whatever happens. But ultimately, too, I think your players have to kind of get a little bit cross with themselves as a group and say, you know, challenge each other, really, really challenge each other. Because until you have that... You're just going to stay around the same. And, and, and it takes some strong leaders now in that group to drive that forward. That you'd imagine that for them, they'd be saying, listen, we want to really, you know, we want a good manager in here. Or we want, if they turn around and said, you know, we want Tony to stay on and bring in a few more lads around him, whatever it is. But you'd really like to see it. if, And look, for Warford to win, I'll learn to be brilliant. But I do think that, it, that there's a time now that the, this bunch of players really have to draw the line in the sand and say, what do we want? Because they're in danger of just slipping away now if they don't get their get their thing right for the next year. So. And Vincent, from a Tipperary perspective, obviously you'd be very kind of plugged in in the county down there. You know, what did you make of their kind of handling of the Colin Bonner situation? I think the optics have been shocking. Um, I think even the way, you know, it was announced last week that Tommy Dunn and Paul Curran had stepped aside. Tommy Dunn, told the players in the dressing room on the day of the Cork game, which is nearly two months ago, that he was stepping aside, uh, that he wouldn't be available next year. Paul Curran, I believe, went two weeks later. Colin Bonner had made a very detailed presentation of his plans for 2023. Um, and even the wording the county board came out with, relieving him of his duties as if he was guilty of some 
abhorrent uh, act um, when, in fact, you know, you look at the tip, tip team this year and compare it to the tip team that went 10 points up on Limerick in last year's Munster final, the two Mars, Porig and Brendan, gone. Bubbles, Bubbles O'Dwyer, Jamie Callanan, John McGrath. That's a third of your team. And it's not just a third of your team. There's outstanding level of players and they're gone out of that team. I don't know what people expected of Colin Bonner this year, but I think he expected better from the way he's been treated by the county board. The assumption seems to be that Liam will go back in there now, uh, given his his resignation as the, as the Waterford manager was announced within 24 hours of Colin being relieved of his duties. But there's, if he goes in there, I'll tell you, there's serious pressure because they've handled it so badly that it's got to work. The tips, tip's next move has got to work. Yeah, with, with flux in so many counties, John, but I suppose with Limerick are the one that have the constant, you know, Kinnerick, Kylie, all the young players there, and they've won three All-Irelands in a row. Like, they, they do seem to be in a very good position heading into 2023. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, they, 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 they're the complete package. Uh, you know, they're, as Vincent touched on, the Dubs are nearly next to being professional. This Limerick team are, you know, on a par. They're, they're nearly professional. I mean, you, you even throw in someone like Caroline Courage, you know, even to see her speak and, in the manner in which she done in, on Sunday sport or the Sunday game last night just shows you, you know, the respect that they all have for one another. You know, even when Kylie, you know, talks about, about his players, it's always about the group. Always the players always talk about the group. It's not about one to fifteen, it's all about the group. And yeah, they have the complete complete package at the moment from both player wise, management wise, uh, you know, even, you know, throwing, you know, JP McManus, you know, rowing in behind them. Uh, and that's 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 you know why why they are where they are at the moment, um, and that's why they're going to be so difficult to beat over the next couple of years. And I remember doing you know a preview night in 2020 for the All Ireland, and I remember it was on with, with the great Kieran Carey, and Kieran Carey you know made a remark. He said, oh, "I think this Limerick team could win five, maybe six in a row." And I was kind of like, you know, whoa, that's a that's a big statement to make, you know. And look, we all get carried away from with our own counties and myself. Included, I got carried away this year, but I was saying to my own mind, is this fella mad that he can win five or six in a row? And I mean, when you're looking now, they're, they're, they're on three in a row now. You, you, you wouldn't rule it out. You just wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, the big question in 2023 will be, can anyone stop Limerick? But for now, John, Vincent, Eddie, thanks so much for joining me both today and over the last couple of weeks in the championship. That's all we have time for today on the Throwing Podcast. We will be back later in the week with another show from Philly McMahon to discuss all the latest talking points around the All-Ireland Football Final between Kerry and Galway. But in the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening, and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.